This is our preschool choir, and Jessica has done a wonderful job of getting them prepared, and now they will be joined by the elementary choir. Come on up, guys. Now that we've sent all the kids back, if you want to come up for the children's moments with Rochelle. I could have put something else in there. But you think coffee's in here. Well, how did you even know it was a coffee mug to begin with? Where have you seen it before? In stores, books, 
Do your parents, do your parents drink out of them at all? Yeah, your parents drink out of them. Okay, well, um, it's kind of funny. Um, sometimes we, uh, let me ask you, have, has, do you guys drink this? No, <laughs> didn't think so. Um, you know, we don't have to actually drink from it or use it to know what it is, do we? Yeah, sometimes you can just watch what others do and you can know how it's done, right, or what it is, yeah? Well, that's kind of how I learned, um, that's how I, I learned to mow the, the yard. So when I was growing up, I really, really, really wanted to use the lawnmower, but um, my dad said it had to be a certain age. And then once I, of course, once I got that certain age, you know, something else happened like I didn't want to. But I knew how to mow the yard when I was five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. even though I couldn't do it and I didn't do it. Do y'all ever have anything like that? Something that you know how to do, but you've never done it? Well, guess what? Your friends can watch you, and they know that, um, that you guys go to church, and they know that you're Christians by just watching you. They don't have to actually participate. They don't have to have had um, gone to church before, but, but they know by watching you, just kind of like, when you guys watch your parents throughout the day and the week, you watch them, and that's how you learn to be Christians, right? Yeah? Okay, let's say a prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for giving us eyes and ears to see and to hear and watch and observe. And Lord, help us to be good examples to our friends and help our parents to be good examples to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, good to see everybody here this morning. I, I like having the black backdrop. You can see me. But anyway, it's good to see you here as we worship God together this morning. I um, want to give you a chance to share any concerns you might have for prayer. Um, we will be glad to join you in repeating concerns that you have. If, so be careful to write down what you don't mind me saying. Um, and we, our ushers have index cards to uh, give you. If you raise your hand, we'll get you an index card. And when you finish writing, if you hold it up, they'll come back and collect it in a few moments. So, Let's see, we've got some reminders here, announcements. Uh, I guess I ought to first of all say welcome to everyone, uh, especially if you're visiting with us today. We're glad to have you here, um, visitors who are parents of the children or aunts or uncles or grandparents, great to have you here. We have a lot going on, um, 10 o'clock Sunday school for all ages, 11 o'clock traditional worship, and then these activities I'm going to tell you about here in a second for children and youth tonight, uh, as well as adults. So um, uh, glad to have you here. To the children, we remind them that the regular Sunday night programs of choir, mission kids, and Bible study um, that's happening tonight at 5.30. Hope to see you there. 
Um, preschoolers will meet with Miss Jessica from 5.30 to 6.15 down in the choir room, and they will go to Miss Katie over here uh, at 6.15 till 7, and parents just need to know where your kid's going to be during the, um, to pick them up. Elementary kids start with Miss Katie at 5.30 and go over to the choir room at 6.15. So uh, uh, we look forward to seeing the children tonight. Uh, everyone is reminded to come join our monthly Wednesday night supper on March the 2nd. That's this week, Wednesday, 5.30 to 7 in the social hall. It's a wonderful catered meal, meal uh, and a great time of fellowship. Reservations are not required, but you may, be, you may RSVP online or through our church bulletin. Cost is seven, uh, $7 for adults, $4 for kids eight and under. Kids three and under eat uh, free. Uh, there will be activities for the children following the dinner time. Also want to remind um, parents and, and, old, and some of our uh, uh, youngest youth that will begin confirmation class this afternoon at 530 as we are remembering folks in prayer, uh, let me tell you some things that are going on. Right now, as we speak, uh, Harriet Thompson uh, is in surgery. Harriet fell on Friday night, and she already was in a sling with her right arm. She fell and broke her left arm and her left hip. Uh, so she is in surgery for the hip. Uh, this morning there at the Greer Hospital. Keep her in your prayers. Um, both Wade and Tina Kinnett have been sick this week. Tina learned why they call them throw rugs. If you're not careful, they will throw you and did. And she cracked a rib but is doing okay now. Um, we uh, are thankful to have gotten a very, very good uh, medical report this last week on Neil Weiss. The combination of all the things that are being done on his behalf, prayer meetings and chemotherapy and other good things, is uh, they're all working together and God is, is uh, answering our prayers and Neil has done much better. The family's on vacation today, celebrating I guess, because uh, this really was the first good news that they've had since he first was diagnosed with cancer. So let us continue our prayers for him. If you're uh, ready with your prayer cards, if you hold them up, our, our folks will, will collect them. Are there other announcements? Children who have handbills out here, when you're done today, there's a table in the back where we will be collecting them. We'll ask your help on that at the end of the day. I heard this week that there was a um, big explosion in a French restaurant, destroyed the kitchen, and they said it was like Napoleon, linoleum blown apart. Nobody's here today. I just don't know what to think about that. <laughs> Bill Clute said he went to, to see uh, um, who? Bob Newhart the other night 
in uh, telling jokes, and he said he went because he wanted to hear somebody that knew how to tell jokes. Let us, uh, let us join our hearts together in prayer. Lord, we thank you for these children today who have blessed us in song and will do so again. We pray your blessings upon us all. We are all your children. All of us lack understanding. All of us need your grace. All of us need your love. And in response to the love you have given us, we declare our love for you in our attendance, in our singing, in our praise today. And these are our special prayers for this day. We pray for a daughter and a family with teenage boys and family problems. We pray that you'd be with those friendships which are troubled. We pray for a sister's stress, for troops in harm's way, their families and loved ones. We pray for Ryan Burns and family. We pray for Ken Taylor for healing, for a friend that burned himself while burning leaves yesterday, having surgery today in the Augusta Burns Center. We pray for a family going through a tough situation. We pray for a work situation. We pray for those who are sick. And we pray for Neil Weiss and his family. We ask your healing to be upon Liz Farley and Lori Moore, also for Leon Eubanks. We pray for safety for Tom Richforth and his team and all people in Afghanistan. We pray for peace and stability in the Middle East. For Mrs. Pinson continuing healing after surgery. For Jake's and Patterson's continuing, continued healing. We pray for a son who has a possible job opportunity. We pray for Lisa Hall and her daughter. For a young girl who is battling cancer for a friend's father who is battling pancreatic cancer. We pray for Luke Hall, and we pray for safe travel for the Hall family who are headed to South America to adopt a girl. Lord, these are our prayers this day through Jesus Christ who has taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Scripture is from Matthew 6. Verses 24 through 34. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. 
They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not, do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Here ends the lesson. Someone recently gave me this cartoon that uh, shows a man holding up a sign. He says, desperate, will serve on nominating committee for food. Well, those of you that have ever served on the church nominating committee know how desperate this man really is. Uh, that's hard work for food. As we have been reading through the scripture in recent weeks, Jesus has already challenged uh, his listeners with some startling new commandments as to how they should live their lives. They should turn the other cheek. They should go the extra mile. They should give generously and love their enemies, avoid anger and lust, make peace with their brothers and sisters before they come to worship and pray in secret and get right to the point in their prayers. To this lofty and impractical list, Jesus now adds some words of instruction regarding the pursuit of money and our propensity to worry. Now, if you thought that worry was a modern phenomenon, you're right. It has plagued our existence ever since the so-called modern humans were created. However many thousands of years that's been, worry was created along with us. Jesus' contemporaries were no different than you and me. They worried about their children, their job, their government, and their old age. I didn't know my old age was going to come so fast. Anyway, I probably worry about uh, worry more than all of you all. Not so much about my own personal problems, but I am faced with other people's problems every day. I am greeted nearly every day by some people who come by here worrying literally where their next meal is going to come from. I am so thankful that we have the Daily Bread Ministry in uh, Greer and so grateful for Merle State's leadership in that, in that capacity because I can say to everyone that the people of Greer don't want anybody to be hungry today as a place you can go get food. But others have had their electricity and water turned off. Others are about to be evicted from their homes. They've been out of work for months. There's so many of these folks right now that they have overwhelmed the resources of Greer Relief and uh, of the churches in downtown. Some of these folks really 
make me feel hopeless for them. I just don't see any way out for them. I think they would look at me and think I was crazy if in the midst of their troubles I quoted the words of Jesus to them. Don't worry about your life, what you will eat and drink, or what you will wear. Some of you might tell me I wasn't being very helpful to you either, to quote that to you in a time of crisis. There are several overriding factors that I see that help me understand what Jesus is getting at as he, as he preaches uh, this lesson to us. First of all, one of the things we see is that we worry about the wrong things. We tend to worry about things that are of less importance than others. Life has to be about something more than just food and fashion. It needs to be about love, family, children, friends, getting knowledge, spiritual development, art, music, literature, happiness. We spend our energies on much lesser goals, temporal, physical things, instead of longer-lasting and eternal things. And worry really does not help us to live. In fact, it robs us of life, puts ulcers in our stomach, and is like spinning wheels in ice or an ice storm. It just doesn't get us anywhere. Secondly, for the Christian, the focus of life needs to be on something besides food, clothing, and shelter. It should be on God's kingdom. Seek first God's kingdom, Jesus said. And then he promised that if we honestly did that, other things in life that we usually worry about have a tendency to fall into place. Each day we have a choice. We can either spin our wheels worrying or we can find, we can decide to go find something to do in God's kingdom. Seeking God's kingdom first can be one of the more therapeutic things you can do in your times of worry and anxiety. Do you know what I do when I become a bit depressed or lonely? I go out and get in my car and I go visit somebody who's sick or lonely or depressed. That's a good way to spend your time if you're depressed. Someone recently um, in our church told me a story about how they were going to a fabric shop to pick up some materials and they saw some women buying up just scads of material in that uh, store. You all are buying lots of cloth, our church member said to these ladies. And they said, yes, we are. But it's a whole lot cheaper than going to counseling. There's a lot of wisdom there. Worry does us very little good in solving our problems. Doing something helps us. Seeking God's kingdom can push worry out the door often. So, first of all, we worry about things that are not very important, really. Things that are not really defining issues about life. Secondly, we forget to spend our energies first on God's kingdom. And that's where we often will find our own needs met. Thirdly, Jesus tells us that the object of our affection and worry is one of the problems we have and a source of anxiety to us. And he was talking about money. The fact that we adore money so much, we worry. 
It is interesting to me that Jesus accuses us of worshiping money instead of God. But isn't that what we do when we depend on money? When we put our trust in money? When we put our trust there instead of in God? Letting money define what is important to us in life? Isn't that worshiping it? And we then become prone to worry. As harsh as this may sound to us, Jesus has a point. Money is power, and it means success in the eyes of our peers. Monks and nuns might find poverty to be a source of pride and a measure of their success, but for the rest of us, money and possessions are ways we measure our worth and our success. My father inherited uh, some acreage when his father died. He sold it a few years later so that his two children could go to college. Then he gave up a house that he was buying in order to move in with my grandmother, his mother-in-law, to take care of her in her old age. He worked very hard to support his family. He went to church every week with us. But he used to feel very bad at the end of his life about the fact that he didn't own any property now or any home. And when he died, we didn't even have to go through probate because of his very few possessions. But I tell you now what I told my father on many occasions. He was a success in the eyes of God because anyone who does right by his family who sells all that he has to make sure his children get a good education, who sacrifices a house so that his mother-in-law can be cared for in her latter years, that person is a success in God's eyes. He worshiped the right God, and I told him so. But so very often we serve money, letting it define success, letting it define our ethics and values. We believe it when it says it'll make us happy. But if you keep up with the news from Hollywood, you will see that there are a lot of very unhappy rich folks out there who can't seem to stay out of rehab or jail. And when I hear some of their stories, I have to think that they'd have been better off to be bankrupt and poor. They would have been happy in those cases. One of the problems with our love for money is that it's impossible sometimes to do what God wants us to do if we're focused on money. Following the dictates of money will inevitably lead to conflict with the will of God. For instance, right now we Americans say that we really want God to spread his inalienable human rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness to all of our brothers and sisters in all countries around the world. And right now that seems to be spreading like a wildfire uh, in the Mideast. And look what's happening. $3.19 a gallon right now. Wait a minute, God. Maybe we don't want our brothers and sisters to have freedom if it's going to hit me at the gas pump. Can't serve both God and money. And then sometimes God tells me to do the funniest thing with my money. He tells me to give it away. You know, I have great difficulty with that sometimes. I get really sad when Washington, Lincoln, Hamilton, and Jackson move out of my back pocket. 
from time to time, faithfulness to God and sound financial management principles will come into conflict in our lives and in our churches. Money is the leading cause of divorce in America. And most of the time when there are arguments in a church, it involves money. Sometimes God calls on us to take a stand in the community or to raise concerns about something. And in the process, we offend somebody and a rich, generous member of the church packs up and moves their membership to another church. And this causes great consternation in the church. And often that preacher is shown the door. When that happens, it's hard to serve both God and money. And sometimes you can't serve God without greatly watering down the laws of God. The southern economy was so tied to the institution of slavery in 1861 that people thought that that institution was worth fighting and dying for. And my ancestors lost a good many sons in that conflict in the Confederate Army. There were Methodist preachers and Methodist bishops in 1861 who owned slaves, believe it or not. It was money that blinded our ancestors to that injustice. We do need to make sure money stays in its place. Not only does it blind us like that, but sometimes it keeps us from finding a solution to our problems. Worry just keeps us from discovering answers. I find it fascinating to see what Jesus suggested for us to do when we worry, to help us put worry in its place. Jesus said, go out for a walk. I went to a counselor one time 20, 25 years ago, and I said, what do I need to do? He says, get some exercise. And I said, I came to you to hear you tell me that. But uh, it's true. Uh, Jesus says, take a walk when you worry. Get out in nature. Take a look at the flowers and the birds. You might find out there a solution to the problems. Get out there and spend time and take inspiration from God's creation. See how the birds have learned to cooperate with God's creation in such a way that they never have to worry. Wildflowers have somehow adopted, adapted themselves to certain soils and they now have everything that they need right there. They're clothed in a beauty that even King Solomon couldn't compete with. Birds have found ways to cooperate with nature. Everything that they need is right there. God's provided it for them. Don't you see that? Someone has said that the early bird might get the worm, but it's the second mouse that gets the cheese. I'll let you think about that for a while. <laughs> Jesus is suggesting that perhaps if we look around in nature, we will be reminded that God has put everything here on her earth that we need. If you go to nursing homes right now, you'll find that cats are there and birds are there because they have found that the inspiration of nature does our elderly people good, brings healing to them. Get out there and look at what God has created, Jesus said. Some of our worries are just problems waiting for solutions to be discovered. And those solutions will come if we'll stop worrying and spend some time with God and get some inspiration. 
You know, not everybody has been destroyed by the bad economy of these last few years. Some people have found a gold mine out there, new careers, new opportunities. Often what we think is a problem is an opportunity instead. A few years ago when we were in Texas uh, for a conference, I met a lady. She was the host for Penny and Me. Um, she told me there was always more month left over at the end of her money. And I said I knew about that. A counselor suggested to her that she spend some of her anxious energy by doing some exercise. And so she started jogging. And she said that uh, while being out there in nature, she began to look around at all the trash on the street. And so the next day when she went running, she decided she'd pick some of the trash up. She found lots and lots of aluminum cans, and after about a week, she thought, what am I going to do with all this garbage I picked up? And she found out she'd made a small fortune in aluminum cans. So from then on, she went jogging different routes with a plastic bag, picking up aluminum cans as she ran. At the time that we met her and she was our hostess, she'd been doing this for several years. She'd overcome her very tight budget by recycling aluminum cans. She said that once she quieted her worries, she began to see that there were things right under her nose that she could do for herself that would help her community. You can't serve both God and money faithfully. Life has to be about more than just eating and dressing. Seek first the kingdom of God and God will supply your needs. And when you need some inspiration, take a break from your worry and get out for a walk in nature to see how God has built things out there to work. Consider how God takes care of birds and flowers and then believe that God really does value you above them. And somewhere out there, he has made provisions for you as well. Amen. To affirm our faith in God, I'll invite you to stand and join me as we affirm our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. Third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. We'll receive our morning offering in a moment, and I believe the children will be singing. You will come up and bring your handbells as well. While they're coming up, if I might have a word, I just want you all to know how hard that everybody has worked, and Jessica especially has worked extremely hard, as you can see, wrangling close to 35 kids a night on Sunday nights, which is incredible. And uh, so, yeah. So be sure and let them know how much you appreciate them leading us in worship this morning.
Now may you go and seek first the kingdom of God and put your energies there and see that God will take care of you. Amen. Have a great week.